How are we doing? You good? I'm good. How are you? What was that? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was just sorry, man. But what's what's that's a strange start to the podcast, isn't it, Owen? Let's start again. <laughs> no problem, no problem at all. How have you been keeping? Doing good, doing good. It's a long weekend here in India now, so looking forward to it. So we have an off on Monday, so even better. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was what's called last time we spoke, you were in, we were doing a heckless show, weren't we? Exactly, exactly. That was my first experience on a heckless kind of a show, yes. (laughs) (laughs) What did you make of it? (laughs) It was great to be on a on a show which had people from different countries, but not a genre that I was very comfortable with. So it was off-putting for a bit, but you guys were very sweet. So I, I enjoyed the experience overall, yeah. And yeah, how are things going on? Because I mean, I've not seen you in face since you came over to England and like what I hear in terms of like Corona, like it's spiking over in India, isn't it? It's like vroom, vroom, vroom. Yeah, it is. It's like uh, one of the stock market graphs that doesn't seem to be going down. So I think it's the wrong graph to be bullish about. Yeah, we are clocking at about 40 to 50 to 60,000 a day. So it's that's kind of an oscillation right now. Yeah, so it's it's pretty much peak. And the uh, cautious fact is that we, have, we are entering the festive season here in India. And uh, the economy seems to be opening up. So now it's entirely up to people to be safe. Because... Shops are open, malls are open, even the movie halls have just started to open as well. Yeah. Mm. I mean, here it was sort of getting back to normal, but then they started restricting again. And one thing that I find quite funny, and please tell me if this is true, but I was speaking with a friend of mine who's in from India, but is now in London. Mm-hmm. And he said that India have banned TikTok. Yes, India banned TikTok for uh uh, geopolitical reasons so it's actually making people more jobless than they were before so it's more evident now with banning tiktok but yes they have banned tiktok in india yes <laughs> and another thing a friend of mine who's from he, he said um there's a big thing in india where you think of like meditation and yoga and like one thing he said that a lot of western practitioners of yoga are basically terrible and they don't follow like the true teachings of like tantra and yoga in india which are very pure yeah so uh i'm not a big practitioner of yoga myself or meditation but i also go through guided meditation when required uh it's a good thing that somebody is adopting it and it's pretty much like a movie industry right so you need audiences so you need to kind of tone down a few things just to make it more appealing to people and you can operate at a larger scale if you take a pure form of anything I don't think people will appreciate it as much. Yeah, it's like a cuisine, right? An Indian cuisine will be better in an Indian restaurant than in a restaurant in London. As simple as that. Oh yes, I and mean, vice I versa. Yeah. <laughs> but I do love Indian food. I'm a massive fan of like naan bread and like chicken, not chicken tikka masala, because uh, that's English. <laughs> I like um, <laughs> people always get it mixed up. But yeah, I, I like curry with rice and yeah. bread and papadons that's delicious but yep. the best meal of all time is italian food a good pizza Woo. you know what in india we have come up with one of the uh, pizza houses dominoes they have come up with something called the pasta pizza right now i don't know how they ever got onto that as an idea 
which they think they can sell across india and it, the advertisement plays like 10 times every night and i can't stop churning in my stomach when i see that oh i bet my god that's ridiculous that's stupid <laughs> have you tried it though no not dare to even if they pay me for it i don't think i'm going to have that <laughs> <laughs> i mean you you'll probably definitely um be going to the toilet a lot then <laughs> <laughs> for sure now one thing yeah this podcast is all about sort of like meeting to inspiring and interesting individuals and you know it intrigues me i want to find out about the indian comedy scene and i want sure. to find out like give us some info on like how it works and yeah just just tell us about it. absolutely so firstly marvin thank you for making me as one of those people whom you think are interesting inspiring i think intriguing is a better word so uh, yes. a little bit before my uh, i mean i'll talk about how i have come into comedy and how i have seen comedy right evolve uh, or rather what i perceive of comedy in india it's a big country and each city has its own flavor of how the scene runs so i have uh, taken to comedy it's been 3 uh, and a half years now since i took to stand up comedy and that was my first open mic here in my in the suburb where i live and on a saturday afternoon so since then it took me about 6 to 8 months to get to a show okay uh, do a proper ticketed show and then running from there on in terms of how the comedy scene in india is it is very different from one city to the other so the place from where i come from which is bangalore we have comedians who do comedy in english and comedy in hindi as well and the local language which is kannada so you know that india is a land of many many languages and each state each province has a different language that we speak here so there's always a fan following for the vernacular and then hindi which is more the bollywood language which is more prevalent across india and people are there all over india who understand hindi so it kind of flies and there are people who do it in english as well i have stuck more uh, to the english uh, language when it comes to stand up comedy and i blend it with the local languages maybe 10 to 15% depending on where i perform yeah i know my mother tongue is tamil so tamil i use a little bit hindi a little bit kannada a little bit so on so forth in terms of how it goes it's, it's uh, i don't know how different it is but the usual path of hitting open mics do it for a while and then be as part of an ensemble of four to five comics in a show that runs for an hour to hour and a half and then then you make it into a team of two or three people in a show do a few double bills and then you go into a solo yeah so that's the way it works and that journey typically is anywhere between 3 to 5 years in terms of starting from your open mic all the way into doing your own ticketed shows so that's at least how the bangalore scene operates and how does um so one thing that i find quite intriguing um Yeah, so how how does someone like go about getting gigs and like how does it sort of progress because in london you got things like you used to have things at the voice battle where a lot of comedians used to hang out if you do well and like you do a lot of comedy competitions and if you do well and you get a good cv and you go to different clubs or you win gong shows you go to clubs and you just network and you travel a lot and you do well and then that's how it happens yeah so the networking is true here as well we don't do as much of a competition there are one or two that happen but that's not kind of mandatory so we start with 
performing for different small comedy production houses who tie up with restaurants and bars and then you perform that you we have simple whatsapp groups and messenger groups and they put up saying that there's a uh, an open mic coming up and these are the slots available dm me and you get a slot so the getting into an open mic is fairly fairly democratic it's more like a first come first serve and there are times when it just goes off in 25 seconds it opens up and people immediately message the producer and it's done so you get to do a lot of these in the restaurant so in bangalore alone i would say there are close to 40 open mics that happen in a week okay so there are at least four or five open mics that happen on a day if not more and then the saturday and sunday the weekend is reserved for ticketed shows so you keep doing these open mics and then the production houses then take a view in terms of you know how you have been performing whether you've been killing every mic what's been the frequency and then they give you a 10 minute slot a 15 minute slot and there are a lot of these production houses who do this who have uh, i would say bangalore itself must be having around 10 to 12 of these small production houses and they do those gigs in the weekends then you get picked up from there as far as i am concerned i'm slightly like an outlier because people are starting comedy they are in the early 20s 20s or mid 20s and i started when i was 35 so i couldn't really have this bonding group with fellow comics because people my age had already made the cut and had gone forward and my age group when it comes to experience my peer set were people who are 10 to 12 years younger than me so i found it a little tough so i took my own call and said you know what maybe i am now ready to do my first solo show so i went and did my first solo show so i kind of cut it fairly early when it came to doing my own ticketed solo show i didn't have to depend on any production house or comedy club you publish it on facebook your friends land up you have a lot of kind friends in india you bet on population <laughs> oh yes oh yes <laughs> uh, i bet <laughs> um one thing that so one thing that i find intriguing is how do you balance doing comedy in different languages because one thing when i tried learning french and all that not only do you have to know the words but you got to understand the way the language works and that must be a bit of a challenge for when you're doing it in different languages yeah so it's about how much you speak that language as well so for me it is not only for the gig that i use this language so my mother tongue is obviously things that i i am I in mean, language that i talk at home and then english is my medium of instruction through education and at work and then hindi because of bollywood and i have lived in mumbai as well where i have spoken i mean where you have to speak hindi more or less and then the place where i live right now bangalore we speak this language called kannada so very less kannada to be honest but when it comes to hindi and uh, tamil which is my mother tongue it's more about using the right pop culture references which is primarily driving from movies you give a movie reference then it syncs with the audience so when i write my script there's a 10% where i have to quote movies and i just make sure that i have the right contextual movie for that joke in tamil as well as in hindi so that's how it works madam pretty much so what would be an example of that so like in in england if if i was doing a joke about i don't know arnold schwarzenegger films in in ireland i'll maybe talk about um some local bars around there they got a thing called they're into gaelic football i maybe quote that and in england i maybe quote football and wales rugby in scotland maybe the fact that they hate the english and then 
yeah that's yeah. that sort of thing that i'll maybe do there yeah. or if i'm doing a joke in public transport i'll adjust it to the local transport there absolutely so bangalore the normal thing if you don't get anything else on content is you talk about traffic yeah in mumbai you talk about bollywood and the festivals there that's very very uh, part very much a part of that dna in chennai which is where i grew up real references to the movies that have happened movies that didn't release on time the long production time so on and so forth and we have these larger than life heroes so we make a mockery out of them so that is how we do it right so like you said each city has its own flavor and you just need to play to that that's about it something i would say 10 to 15% of the content should sync with the local city so then they are a little more engaged in that particular gig otherwise i have done a show in my hometown chennai where i spoke way too much about traffic in bangalore and obviously it didn't work so you on and how do you go about understanding the different sort of cities and the cultures do you maybe go there a day study the people look and like articles uh, i have some locals there yeah it's more about living in these cities i have lived in mumbai i have lived in i grew up in chennai i have been i have worked in mumbai for a few years i have worked in bangalore for quite a long time and a few other cities you can take a punt right so for example there's a city called hyderabad where there's a huge film industry and they just love their films and film stars so that's more about reading and knowing about it you can't go wrong with that it's pretty much i would say a basic understanding of a particular city and where do you if 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 someone likes if someone's just going to visit briefly and not like take the time to study cities what would you recommend they do to get an overview understanding of where they're at so they can do well i would say reading the local newspapers gives a lot of content because the first four pages of any newspaper these days doesn't carry anything worthwhile yeah so it provides for a lot of entertainment value you know what is trending basis that right and people follow a lot of these facebook pages memes and celebrities and stuff so that would be the easiest way to click with the local audience i have struggled absolutely when i came to london and did my open mic last year at your club marvin i did struggle because i was talking about uh, accounting softwares and packages and that just didn't resonate right with the audience there it didn't it was more about what i knew than what the audience wanted right so if i if i could have done a little more research about what the you know area people liked for example that was the time when the cricket world cup was happening i could take a little bit of a risk and talk about cricket but it is not necessary that everybody in london appreciate cricket as much as people yes. in india appreciate cricket as a sport so it can click or it may not click yeah it's tough cuz it's funny like so how russell peters is able to do it like he travels everywhere and then you got sugar sammy who travels a lot and it's it's quite intriguing he he says yeah. that he has to drop certain jokes for different areas right right that's true that's true so you need to see what you need to cut and what you need to paste in that space for sure absolutely absolutely um so what yeah what did you find that so what did you find the hardest thing for when you went to london and how many mics did you do per se i just did one marvin and i was there oh. only for a week in london or maybe four days out of 10 days i was in london so you were the only one who was kind enough to give me a spot yeah i tried one other i forgot the name of the club though but they were uh, full already so it was just one uh, outing that i did in london yeah and what did i find tough i think first what went right i would say you guys were very hospitable 
and it had a good mix of people again there i uh, recollect a comedian who had a bangladeshi origin talking and she clicked pretty well and i think she was more living in london than uh, just visiting london yeah yeah so obviously clicking with the local preferences or culture or references i think that is something that i just missed. i just wanted to have the experience of let's say bombing outside <laughs> 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 See when you put up a photo on Facebook subsequently saying that I did an open mic in London it gives you a lot of mileage nobody is going to see the video footage of that right so it's fine <laughs> Ah yes you can always like hide it and then say yeah when you go to another city that's what I found as well in the UK scene some of them when they go to a comedy scene in America is they would say all these different quotes and all these different people but it's a lot harder for in America to check it out because they don't know you. And also it's a lot of effort to check these things out. So Absolutely, absolutely. I mean don't do it too much, but I meant like <laughs> what? Yeah. Yep. I think uh, this is a great part, right? So you get this tag called the traveling comic. It sounds jazzy at some level. Right? And you also get to know the culture a little more and you realize that comedy could be appreciated by everyone but you can go very wrong with the content very very wrong with the content you think it's so damn funny and it it is true even within a country like india itself right so you have each city has a different kind of a preference their appetite for uh, something related to politics something related to even you know the expletives use of expletives certain uh, cities are more comfortable with the use of expletives and cuss words some cities are not right so it, it you'll have to be absolutely spot on with what is the appetite for what kind of humor in every place every place that you go to and effectively what you're saying is the only sort of thing to do to prepare for sort of traveling to different places is to study the place maybe a day or two in advance but you basically absolutely. just got to travel and do it and you've got absolutely. to do it regularly to, to be able to make your material accessible to different places Yes, traveling, I mean, obviously these times it's not going to be as easy. The way I used to do it earlier, Marvin, was when I pick up one of my comedy specials, I do one, uh, maybe four or five shows in Bangalore. And then I go do one or two shows in Chennai, Hyderabad, Mumbai. And yeah, it's just about going the previous day, brush up a little bit, but more or less since you're talking to friends who live there on a more regular basis. And when you're connected on social media, it kind of flattens that a lot. Yeah, if you have more friends from a particular city and you follow them on social media, you know what is clicking and what is not clicking in that particular place. That could be like a hack to understand what's running or what's trending in a city. So maybe, yeah, so yeah, maybe, maybe sort of a hack for these sort of things is to follow what happens in the biggest cities in those areas and just focus on there because then that will sort of spread. So like um, one thing I found with a lot of American comics, uh, a lot of their comedy we watch in, in the UK and we're big fans of it. And it trans, it still translates well because we're aware of a lot of American culture. Whilst British comedians, when they're on TV or Americans see them, doesn't necessarily translate as well because Americans aren't, aren't as aware of them. Right, right. True, true. One thing I've also found interesting, and if you go to America, they are incredibly crude and very dark with their humour. Yes, I think as a country itself, I think their uh, tolerance and appetite for absolutely anything under the sun is far higher. I think it's not as contained and therefore you 
tend to see a lot of stuff on the rude crude and dark side of it yeah a country like india it's very rare that you can score with dark comedy as an example yeah people loved which is more family oriented more clean you have your pockets of people that's more like the secret cult i would say than as widely as it is perhaps accepted in the us so what is the if you are so in thailand if you make a joke on the king or any royalty you are probably in you you can get sent in prison for 15 years in india what sort of level of restrictions are there in terms of jokes because i can imagine perhaps if you say the wrong thing as a joke as a comedian you probably could get arrested so we don't get arrested here we are supposed to be a free country but there are a lot of other things that can happen depending on the political scene for example uh, early this year one of the videos of a comedian of a couple of years back got released that had reference to a past king and it was not the name was not suffixed with the kind of sir or the whatever highness and it was a slightly um, a little bit of a joke around uh, which had reference to the king or maybe had the king just as part of the joke and then they vandalized the property the entire comedy venue was vandalized by one of the politically affiliated uh, groups so that keeps happening every now and then when you when people think you cross the line and that's more associated when there's an election around right and there's a political uh, heat that is around so people pick these soft targets and go after they send threats so one of the comedians uh, spoke about one of the superstars of cinema and then he got threats for his family from fans of that particular hero or that particular movie star so those are the kind of things that happen arrests legally per se don't happen as much so we are still a, st- a free country it's very polarized in terms of uh, the responses the trolling on the internet is huge threats are real at times vandalizing of property happens once in a while so those are the kind of fringe elements that take over than the institution itself oh, and one thing that i had that was quite interesting when i spoke to some indians over in the uk is they said that if you know hindi and english you can get around anywhere in india is that true almost almost so there are a couple of states which are pretty uh english yes so let's take the state where i come from i come from tamil nadu which is one of the southernmost states in india there we have a general resistance to hindi as a language to be spoken there english flies in the urban areas but apart from that you need to know the local language tamil i would say the same applies to many states where if you go into the into up country locations the vernacular takes over and neither english or hindi could save you as much when it comes to cities by and large i would say 90% of the cities in india you can get away if you know hindi or english and you said the comedy so there's there's some that do comedy are the main comedy sort of languages in india sort of hindi and english is are they the yes. sort of two scenes in a way yes and uh, pretty much but now there's a lot more uh, growth in tamil as well uh, there's a good there's something called tanglish which is interesting which is a mix of tamil and <laughs> english so it's not like every word has a blend but it is more colloquial in the way it's spoken so you'll have two three sentences in tamil maybe a couple of sentences is english thrown in depending on which sings 
for the context. So those blends also happen. Yeah, and a bit in Canada is happening now. There are established stand-up comedians, but in terms of a general scene, I would say maybe another eight or 10 people pursuing it in Bangalore. I'm sure the same could be the case in maybe Bengal, where Bengali is spoken, where Calcutta, I don't know if you know Calcutta as a city. So that could be uh, flying as well. But apart from that, I would think more or less it's Hindi or English. And what, how does sort of someone get signed in India as a comedian? Because so the big clubs, Marvin, they uh, actually look for who's been performing consistently. So they, you have to go and perform in their clubs, small events, the open mics or the 10 minute duration, and then they find a spark in you, then they sign you up. Okay, so it's more a pull from the agencies than a push from the uh, artists themselves. So there are a couple of big ones like uh, OML, which is based out of Bombay. Then there's something called AVAM, which is based out of Chennai. There may be a few more, I'm not exposed to it as much. But from what I understand, it is them who go after the comics and sign them up. Then, you know, me saying, you know, just like an employment, go walk in and give your show reels or equivalent and try to get it. So you have to get noticed, which means you have to keep performing, put up videos on YouTube, be viral there, and then people rope you in. And, okay, and what would you say, <laughs> so what is a sort of a, example of a joke that you have where you make alterations into different languages and how you change the bits? So uh, if I have to tell you, okay, let me just play it out for you. For example, if I talk about somebody like a Bappi Lahiri. So Bappi Lahiri is one of those music directors in the Bollywood industry. And he is known for, let's say, movie, uh, wearing heavy gold chains. Okay. And I make a joke about how he has a double chin. Okay. He's fat and he's, he has a double chin and all of that. So I say that, you know, typically when you go to take a passport size photograph in a studio and this photographer tells you chin up he's the only person who would ask which one right so the same person instead of Bappi Lahiri I take another healthy looking South Indian actor and put it for an audience in Chennai so they appreciate it because they may not know Bappi Lahiri who's more a celebrity up north than in the south so I use a different hero call it Vijay Kant or somebody who's more known down south and then the same joke works and they're a bit fat yes okay so if if you're gonna say it in in the western world say james corden mm -hmm. yeah right and i don't think he'll have those many gold chains like how the indians wear but yeah <laughs> or just you could say imagine you know james corden wearing those gold chains <laughs> yeah and getting weighed down because of that in the photo studio Right. <laughs> okay. Ah. Um, but how do you change the language structure to fit the joke? That's because it's conversationally, I am comfortable in these languages. It comes a little bit more uh, subconsciously to me. Okay. So I don't need to really think about, except for two, three places where I need to place consciously replace one with the other. The Come, what do you say, the composition of the language, the proportion of one language over the other comes with maybe 10, 15 minutes into the gig. You kind of understand which one to dominate more over the other. And then you go with it. So that's 
how it works. Hold on a second. 10 or 15 minutes into the gig. So are you saying that in India you get 10 minutes stage time regularly or what are you getting at? I'm, I do my solos for 60 minutes, Marvin. So I do get that opportunity when I get into those, my own stage shows, right? So I can obviously get, take 10, 15 minutes to warm up and get to the full show. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. But in open mics, you have to, you have five minutes time at best. Yeah, there are a few which gives you seven minutes, but typically it's four to five minutes would be your stage time during open mics. Okay, let me rephrase what I said there didn't come across right. So, okay, so you, so how do you sort of make them stay with you whilst you're figuring things out for 10 or 15 minutes and not lose the audience whilst you figure things out? So the way I do it is start with the, in terms of a language specifically, Marvin, are you asking or in content in general? No, in, in terms of whilst you're adjusting the set on stage. Yeah. yeah. Like how do you adjust it on stage and how do you not lose them whilst you're adjusting it? Yeah. So the thing is, the content that you use for the first 10 to 15 minutes, I make it as basic as possible to understand which way the audience is going. So I don't do some kind of an experimental joke. I will tell you an example. Okay. So I talk about peer pressure. Okay, which is a huge thing in India. So how are you performing against your classmate, against your brother and everything, right? So with that in perspective, I talk about schools marks, right? The marks you get in school, the scores that you get in schools, that is more basic, you are safe to start with. But if I make a joke about somebody not knowing what a steak is, if I say something like, you know, me and my friends went to a food court and we were ordering food, one of my friends ordered a steak and the waiter asked him how does he like the steak whether he wants it rare medium or well done and then they ask the other person and the other person says he wants a burger and then the waiter immediately leaves so my second friend asked the waiter i need my burger to be unique because his steak is rare okay so rare and unique unique is even more stronger than rare but he does not know that the rare and unique is not in this context when I play this to an audience that is predominantly in India, where steak is not a delicacy or a you know or food that is common, it doesn't click. Instead, I simply use things like school marks. I compare myself with my first ranker, so on and so forth. It's more basic. I have the audience with me, and then I kind of gauge how much they laugh for these kind of jokes and which language they build. And it is more uniform between, let's say, an English and a Hindi to start with. And then I see which one they are more receptive to, and then I build from there on. If that makes sense, I see that I lost you midway, and I'm sure I didn't glue you in. <laughs> uh, it, I think I get I get what you're getting at, and I will watch over the podcast again to see. <laughs> but, that's fine. Uh, it's cool. I got the gist of it, so that's um, okay. and I'll only sort of understand properly what you're talking about when I attempt to do it. Sure. It's okay. like it's like it's like when someone I don't know, they say boxing you can't learn it off YouTube. You have to do it face to face or go to a gym, or if you're True. fighting. With... <laughs> True. And I also have this thing about in the first ten minutes, my eye contact is far more. You know, I focus on the eye contact a lot more in the first ten to fifteen minutes to see how much of the audience I've got them glued into, right? And that tells me if more people are receptive, then I'm more comfortable. Otherwise, I start to focus on people who appreciate my jokes more and play to the gallery because otherwise I generally start to sweat if I focus on people who aren't laughing at my jokes. Because the, the reason, 
the reason why I um, mentioned that is because Sugar Sammy said when he's writing comedy, he says that he finds that English is the quickest language to get to the punchline. Whilst with French, mm. it takes three or four phases to get to that. I don't know if it is as different or as uncomfortable when not in English. I don't know what the immediate, uh, I don't know whether it's a first language thing or a second language thing, which actually differentiate between how long you will get to a punchline. I don't see any difference between somebody doing a good set in English versus somebody doing a good set in Hindi or in Tamil. The time to the punchline is, is pretty much the same. That's how I would see it. I, would, I don't think it makes as much of a difference. Um, and what is okay? One thing I want to ask you, and this is just basically a comedy question: when you are struggling in a set, or how do you normally try and recover it? Yeah. What are your so ways of? My hack is basically crack something which is self-deprecatory. Okay, not the best way out, but when once I do that then the audience can relate to you a little better Then I kind of loosen them up a little more and then go back to my set. So I have one or two of things about how I look much older than I do. I, I want to stop doing it, but when I find the going tough, that's my easiest go-to place to recover some kind of mojo and then run with the set from there on. And when you're doing 10 or 15 minutes and you do, do you sometimes develop a lot of new stuff in between? A little bit, a little bit, not too much, not too much. I would say maybe in a 15 minute set, depending on how the audience is responding, maybe one or two minutes could be slightly different for that particular uh, event to contextualize it. But beyond that, it's more or less, at least for me, it's a rehearsed set, Marvin. It's a bigger set. Rehearsed, it's a rehearsed set, yeah. Okay. And are, so are you more of a comedian that's very, structured and very strict with the writing or are you more of a performer would you say i'm more a performer i mean i to be honest i was uh, introduced to this comedy bible by judy carter very recently when i asked for help from one of the senior comics uh, in the south india circuit as to how to build writing because for me it's more about just being funny so it clicks with my friends and maybe their friends but to make it more palatable across and make it more sure shot I have to get more formal with this writing of this, let's say, rule of three, uh, setup and punchline, tag, callback, all of these technical terms I'm yet to really put to use, or I have not analyzed my own script to say whether it had those elements or not. To me, it's more about being funny and getting a laugh out, not very technical. And this is a silly number on top of that. How many comedians would you say there are in India as a whole trying to make it? Make it how? Not trying to be a big comedian in India. Like how many, if, if you if you had to guess from traveling in different parts of India, how many? I would say there could be 30 to 40 people easily. I'm talking about from my, uh, the, to the extent that I can see from the south of India, right? So there could be a big set of people in New Delhi, which is the capital of India. And there is a big circuit there. From Bangalore and Chennai, I would say there should be about 30 to 40 people who are, moving around, touring around, and trying to get to the next level. There could be a lot more from Mumbai and a lot more from Delhi as well. So those two circuits are also huge. So I would say maybe close to, optimistically, I can say there should be about 60 to 70 people who are who will be making it pretty big. Marvin, that's how I would put it. Okay, because I, I, what I found in um, the London circuit, 
or the the whole um the whole UK, there's probably as many comedians in the UK as there is in the whole sort of New York comedy scene per se. Ah, okay, okay. That's what mm. I found. Same applies. Yeah, I would say Mumbai has a lot of comics. Delhi has a lot of comics. Maybe Bangalore, Chennai, and Hyderabad put together could perhaps be the size of a circuit in Mumbai. That's how I would put it, pretty much. And this is one comedian that have you may have heard of. Uh, do you know of Papa CJ? Yes, one of the uh, first, at least in the Indian circuit when it comes to comedy. I've heard of him. I haven't seen a set of his. Heard a lot though. Yeah. Is he big and popular in India? Is he like the big cheese? I guess so. I, I really don't know which circuit he performs in now, but at least I have not come across a show of his in India, at least not in the south of India over the last three, four years, maybe barely one or two of Papa CJ. So he, I think he has crossed those barriers. I think he's more part of the folklore now, if I can put it that way. I don't know which circuit he really performs in now. The other big guy who is doing right now and who's been there for quite a while is this person called Veer Das. So uh, he's also one of those veterans in the Indian circuit and he's still very, very active performing across India and across the world as well. And one other thing, what are the main sort of big comedy cities within India? So you said sort of Mumbai and Delhi are probably the main ones. With a Mumbai, lot of Delhi, Chennai, Bangalore, and Hyderabad of late is coming up really, really fast and really well. Okay. I mean, okay. And one th there's a couple of things I would like to ask you. What advice would you look to provide to comedians looking to give comedy in India go? Like, where should they go to find open mics and like... Yeah, how should they go about getting gigs and performing and acting? <laughs> so the easiest way is all of these clubs have a page on Facebook or on Instagram. They have their own handles. You follow them. They put up their uh, upcoming shows and upcoming open mics. You just fill up a form and you get in there. The other way you can do it is you can always reach out to the comedians on their Insta handles, send them a direct message, ask them how to reach out and they may possibly give a phone number or a contact details of a club and just you follow that and you hit your first mic and from there on hitting the open mics regularly is what is going to get you to the next levels as simple as that who, who apart from yourself do you admire and and love on the comedy circuit that you're working with now absolutely so there's this person by name Praveen Kumar uh, he started 11 years back and he's my age. And uh, he's one of those comedians who does clean comedy that all members of a family can appreciate and all members in a corporate setup can appreciate. And uh, he used to do it in English and now he is doing full time in Tamil. And only the corporate shows I think he will do in English. And he's got a huge following and he tours across the world. There are three or four comedians from the Chennai circuit who do travel across the world and perform to Tamil audiences everywhere. So he's oh. one of them, and uh, I consider him my uh, guru when it comes to stand-up comedy. Oh, so it, it's it's very sort of, in India, you can be very sort of comfortable and just gig in a lot of, have your own audience in just different parts of India and live comfortably. Absolutely. I told you we can bet on our population. <laughs> Bloody, yeah. yes. 
Well, it's a bit. You, you can sort of. There are comedians in the UK that sort of do that. Like there's Jerry Sadowitz, who's too rude. If you see him, he, you will remember him. If you go to Edinburgh, that's where all the big comedy is in in the UK. Right. You're at Edinburgh Fringe. Um, you'll never forget him. And then we got a thing called Daniel Kitson, and he's he's bit like folk or you say Papa CJ and he doesn't really need to advertise any of his shows on social media right like he put one post out in Edinburgh saying it was doing a show and it sold out in about four or five hours absolutely absolutely and uh we now have Amazon Prime does Amazon Prime is Amazon Prime big in UK Marvin yeah Amazon Prime Netflix and Disney Plus are big but my me myself if I I only got Netflix but if I have too many of them, I will waste my time on rubbish. Yeah, yeah. The reason I was talking about it is there's a reality show that happens that is conducted on Amazon Prime specifically for stand-up comedy. And once people make it into that final list, then at least for the next one year, they are booked. So that's one way, again, where people are uh, uh, getting fandom immediately after that. Of course, they have spent their years to get there, but once they get it there, then they have at least next one year is secure for them. So that's the way it operates here. And how, who are some sort of like, who are sort of comedians that you look up to that, so the comedian you mentioned, did he build his following his own way, like through social media, or did he just get picked up by agents and pushed by people? So he was performing on his own, I would think for about six, seven years. And then he got picked up by one of the uh, uh, bigger production houses, comedy clubs called Avam from Chennai. And then they have been managing him since. And he's also, like I said, uh, one of the big, yes, he's built his own fans. And it's more that the club can rely on his fan following to run their shows than him depending on the club's fan following or club's membership to get people to his show. So that's how it is. They have their own set of fans, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that TikTok, what's it called, um, banned a few creators in India because some of the biggest bloody creators on that platform were from India, like getting like bloody 20, 30 million views. And I don't even know, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> now that they their living's gone, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, people who have better content are doing it on YouTube. And now I think Insta Reels is picking up in India now. So they do find their own avenues. Of course, TikTok is a huge blow for a lot of these content creators, but it also provided for a lot of crap on that as well. So very, very weird things. And some people, I've heard of, I heard somebody talk about a person on TikTok who just used to munch on chicken and that used to get millions of views. Oh, yes, yes there's a lot of them. There's, there's, it had some very strange things. There's a Asian bloke that just does dancing, go, go daddy go, and they just watch it because it's mad. And you know, I tried doing the same thing, but it didn't work. <laughs> no, it, it's 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 a very fast-growing platform, and it's probably one that you should focus on, but to grow a social media following. But it's it's not easy. <laughs> not easy, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And I think one of the bigger revenue earners for comedians in India who are reasonably out there is the corporate comedy scene, the corporate events where people go perform. I don't know whether that works in UK as much. Yeah. So here it does. Yeah. 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 So that is, that is more like stable income for them when they do a two or three shows in a month and then it clicks. And when it comes to the festive season, it gets a little better. 
So more than the public gigs, which people take a long, long time and not everybody clicks there. So this is slightly better, but you just need to make sure that the language is clean, palatable to people, nothing offensive, nothing on religion, nothing on politics, nothing on sex, so on and so forth. And still you need to make people laugh. So if you do all of that, you get money that's stable for you. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Boom, 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 boom. And then once you do all that, you're making people laugh. <laughs> no. Yeah. What is the... So it's so many sort of expat comedians that aren't Indian performing on the Indian comedy scene. Expat performers, no, to be honest. I don't think there are any who are performing in India from anywhere else. I don't know of anybody, at least. Okay. Well, you've no, met someone now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> pretty much Indians for India, India for Indians kind of a thing. So, yeah. I don't know of expats performing here as much. I mean, we do have, I mean, there's a Russell Peters show that happens once in a while and then people flock for it. So that's about it. So it's more like Russell Peters. So when he comes, those shows are full, obviously. So he's the only one that I am aware of who is an expat, of course, has an Indian origin to him. But yeah, uh, so he clicks. But apart from that, I don't see like a Trevor Noah or a Michael McIntyre coming and touring India. I have not seen, at least I have not been exposed to it. Yeah. And what do I want to ask? Is there any questions you'd like to ask me? <laughs> yeah, so how much of, uh, I have a lot of questions of, uh, to ask Marvin in the sense that you said you do tour a little bit, but again, the kind of flexibility somebody in UK has to perhaps travel to portions of Europe and perform. So have you performed in locations that don't talk English as a native language or not as uh, much into English, but tried your trade in, let's say, Germany or some other uh, country as well in Europe? Uh, I have, I was, I was in Paris for a bit, but I didn't perform in French and I was about to. Okay. Was... You're... Okay. Not in English, is it? No, I was, no, I've, I've not actually performed in another language yet. Okay. Okay. But in another land in English, like yeah. in Europe, you have? How has that been? How has the reception been? Because for them, English is not like a native language or conversational language. How do they take to English as a medium for stand-up comedy? Oh, I did a, a few small scale gigs, but it was all right. But Okay. A, a little bit here and there, but nothing much. Okay, okay. And uh, in London, I mean, I want to call my London experience of comedy as undone in London. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was for me. But how is the chemistry between different comedy clubs in London itself in terms of do you go and perform in a gig produced by someone else, so on and so forth? Or is it more like one house, one set of comedians? How does that work? It is a very big discussion. Um, I will have to, it's going to take a whole podcast in that. So I will tell you what, you send me those questions on an email or on a mm -hmm. Facebook and I'll send them over. Okay, okay. Because I think yeah, there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no worries at all. No worries at all. Any plans to visit India anytime, Marvin? That's an easy question. I will, I will at some point. But um, one thing, one thing I do want to say to you, as it has been, it's been, it's been good to catch up with you, chat with you. We've had a few laughs. You've given me 
I, I, there's a few things that I'm definitely going to remember. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but one thing I want to ask you is, who is your hero? And also, what is a quote that you like to live your life by? And what advice would you give to your younger self? I think I can start with the last one first. I will tell my younger self, make more mistakes. There's no point in being compliant. Being happy is more important than being right. So that's what I would tell my younger self. And uh, in terms of a quote for myself, I say that uh, the biggest inspiration to anybody would be their own potential. There's no need to compare with anybody else as to where you would be landing. And in terms of a hero, I really don't have one hero per se. I have a role model for each facet of uh, living, I would say. So there's an entrepreneur with whom I used to work before for his complete ballsiness of how he approaches life in a very brash yet focused manner. Then I was talking to you about uh, Praveen Kumar who made a mark for himself by being a very authentic kind of a comedian, did not try to mimic what was happening elsewhere or how the big guys were doing, but what is most core to him and perform that way. And of course, there have been a lot of uh, Indian cricketers who are my heroes with the way that they have come up in life. There's an example of a player who's playing in the Indian Premier League of Cricket, whose father used to be a tuk-tuk driver, okay, who's made it big. People who have been, uh, whose parents were street side vendors of fast food who have made it big. So people who have made, who have made it really big, like, you know, racks to riches story, I think they inspire me most, right? So there's a person called Mohammed Siraj who has, who's an uh, Indian cricketer, like his father used to be a tuk-tuk driver. So that's a huge story that I get inspired by. So it's more about facets of people that inspire me more than saying, you know, this guy is my hero. I'm just going to follow him blindly. I don't have that. Okay. Um, what? Okay, that's good. And you, you, you like heroes who resemble certain values, like that. You like the value of being themselves and doing their own thing. Absolutely, authentic and true to themselves. So one of the people that I used to work for, his name is Dheeraj. He's a founder of a company called Mu Sigma, which is into data analytics. So he built it from scratch with a very clear principle that he will never run his company at a loss right from the first year. And then how he goes about, he sees the world as people who are existing customers or people who will be customers. So that kind of a brash outlook to life and ambition, driven so much by ambition. He has his own quirks, which I don't appreciate, but there are definitely elements of somebody who's self-made, been authentic and made it big. Okay. And there'll be one more question to ask. Sure. Um, what are some sort of, where do you see the sort of the scene, the comedy scene happening? in where you are now, like after COVID and like in the whole of India, what do you think, how do you see things happening? So I'm seeing it as two segments. One is people who are going to be comfortable with the online shows, the shows on Zoom. Yeah. So we went into the pandemic mode from middle of March and by mid of May or beginning of June, the Zoom shows had started to roll. 
and a lot of people who did not have the money to travel to some other city or have an assured audience to recover the cost of travel and accommodation they are going to be having a lot more infrastructure with them through the zoom shows and take the time to make some money that's going to be one sector and there are these big stars who are out there and people are just waiting to see them live and there's going to be a proper dichotomy between the two is how i would see it people who had no means will start to earn a little bit and people who were big are going to be bigger so i am an optimist and i'm just uh, seeing a huge uptick that's going to come into comedy even now during covid there's a lot more appreciation for comedy of all forms because people want to feel a little lighter and 15 20 minutes i have done quite a few shows for my own company where i work for because it seems to be relieving their uh, stress and it's appreciated and even other companies who do not have the budget to spend as much for their employees because they can't because the business is down everywhere they are willing to invest in stand up comedy because it involves very minimal uh, logistics and investment to have a show going so i see it as a blessing in disguise and i think it's going to be getting much better for comedians of all scales going forward in india fantastic going to keep going <laughs> absolutely so i just want to say what one last thing before we go do you have anything you'd like to plug like your social media handles or anything shows you're doing or anything videos you got coming up uh, my insta handle is sriram.arun s r i r a m . a r u n i keep putting up some random memes on it but my shows will be resuming after the middle of november when our cricket season gets over and i would request people to follow my handle to get more to get uh, more details about the same and please land up promote local stand up scene it's not just for me anybody who's watching it please support your local comedy scene encourage your local performers go for live shows as much as you can youtube is all canned not worthwhile watch live comedy that's all i would say amavan yeah i agree there's no experience like it yeah well thank you very much arun and thank you um yeah just send me your images social media handles and i'm going to send you some links for some gigs and like in london when you come over sure zoom gigs all right but super thank you so much and best of luck with your uh, hammersmith gigs that are going live from tomorrow again i'm so